Hey everyone, before we jump in, Miles and I are so grateful for all of your support and we want to remind you all to always dive within the limits of your training and experience and always follow the advice of your instructors and dive masters. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for formal dive instruction. We are thrilled to have this space to share our stories and experiences and thankful we get to share them with you. Stay safe out there and have fun. have a great surface interval today. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite episodes yet. Yeah. And it's just a surface interval. <laughs> yeah, we had some really, really great conversations with Autumn and Mike, and uh, we really can't wait for you guys to hear them. This is a company we both believe in and uh, support even outside of like podcasting and like just in real life. We all, we use their products and we're kind of addicted to them now. So hope you guys enjoy. We now welcome on a very special guest. It is Autumn Blum. She does a little bit of everything and dives when she can all the time, I guess. So Autumn, why don't you introduce yourself? Because I don't really know where to start. Yeah, sure. It's um, Thanks for having me here. Uh, my name is Autumn Blum. I'm a cosmetic chemist. I've been formulating natural skincare for more than 25 years. I'm also an avid scuba diver. I've been, I learned how to swim before I could walk and Anytime I'm not working, I'm diving, which these days it's a lot more work than diving, because I also founded a company called Stream to Sea eight years ago, and that's been keeping me pretty darn busy and a little bit dehydrated. Um, I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, we've got Mike on uh, after you, um, and he he's gonna he's talking a lot about like the actual products, and we we hear we 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 will hear how busy you you really are. It's so funny the amount of time we spend in water and then still end up dehydrated. <laughs> right, right, totally. So so on my side, I say I'm dehydrated when I haven't been diving in more than a week. I'm like, my staff starts to get cranky with me, or maybe it's maybe it's that I'm getting cranky with them and they notice it. So I'm like, oh, should, Yeah, I think that's more like weekend. it. I think that we get cranky and then everyone else starts to notice it. Yeah, gotta right, get back like, in the get water. Get out of here, go dive, and we got this covered. So we also noticed that recently you had been inducted into the Women Divers Hall of Fame. Tell me why. That's Thank amazing. You. These ladies are my heroes, and they have been my heroes ever since I, as long as I can imagine, remember. Um, it is a seriously powerful group of women that I'm beyond honored to be a part of, and it's the Sea Sisterhood. Um, yeah, just uh, it's it's an amazing honor, and they're a wonderful collaborative. Um, I, I love to be a part of them. That's so amazing. Changed our waters. You got inducted recently. I mean, how how has that been? And what was the induction like? And what they started integrating you into into the uh, into their work already? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like it's like live bait, right here. We're we're putting you on the marketing committee, Autumn. <laughs> Oh no, my it's, uh, they, they've yeah, they've been amazing. They do uh, they do a lot of conservation work. They do a lot of scholarship work, and that's really the the primary initiative. Is I'm sorry for all the beeping on my computer. I don't know how to shut that off. No, you're but, okay. Um, they they do a lot of training grants and a lot of training scholarships, especially for younger women all around the globe, um, domestic as well as international. And part of my mission with the group is to help expand the the reach and the knowledge about it. There are so many, it's dive training grants. If you've got a young dive professional or somebody that's in school that might be studying coral, maybe you need to learn trimix. 
Maybe you need to be able to go a little bit deeper. Maybe you need better equipment. There's grants available, and that's really a big, big part about what Women Divers Hall of Fame is doing is they're raising funds to help promote promote women in conservation in the diving world. So I love them. Well, Miles is now an associate member of the Women Diving Hall of Fame. So you, you two should day. connect. Yeah. <laughs> you two should connect after we we can uh, we can maybe help you out in San in the Southern California San Diego area a bit. Yeah. Fantastic. No, that I'd love to get more involved with it. Fantastic. Well, we will bring you right on in. Great. So we're, we're going to get to stream to see in a minute because I know, I, I know we have questions about that. But before that, we had, we had to wait to interview you because you were in Belize on a TV show. It was, it was, it was pretty wild. It's the surviving man series. And uh, I'm not supposed to talk too much about the mission because it's secret, but it's um, it's it's led by Don Mann, who was the commander of the Navy SEAL Team Six for many years. Um, he actually led the team that went in and captured. He did a lot of the training with the team that went in and ca- and killed Osama bin Laden. Um, serious hardcore guy that is the most gentle kind, intelligent, articulate gentleman that's sitting there talking with you and you just know darn well he could reach over and just rip somebody's throat out and he's just this beautiful <laughs> human being, right? Wow. It was it was wild. It was a uh, it was the surviving man all star. So it's all these super fit athletes, super fit people that are do they have what it takes to be a Navy SEAL? And he's running them through the ringer and we're taking them diving. They're new divers. There was one that was very experienced, Dr. Jen, she's awesome. And she's got, you know, 500 dives under her belt. She's a little gooey, hardcore, absolutely perfect trim, beautiful in the water. Um, Great diver. But the rest of them were all brand new, like newly certified, less than 20 dives under their belt. We ended up going down in the blue hole. They're down at 120 feet. I'm like, what? You just learned how to dive. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. But they're, they're awesome. They were, it was, it was a great experience. And I was there as the eco safety officer, making sure they don't get sunburned because sun will stop a competitor dead in their tracks. You can't compete if you have a serious burn and where that sun there was hardcore. And then I was also helping out with the underwater videography and uh, photography, which was a ball. Well, that's awesome. And that's actually a perfect segue into what is Stream to Sea? Stream to Sea is a reef safe and biodegradable adventure sunscreen and body care brand. Every product that we make, we consciously choose the ingredients to be safe for you and safe for our waters. They're all performance-based. They work amazingly well, and I'm not a fan of compromise. So they protect your skin as well as protecting the waters. You shouldn't have to choose between the two. And unfortunately, with most body care products, it's a trade-off. With Stream to See, it's not. Wow, that's so, that's so cool. So Mark has told us a little bit about some of the products, but... You guys have hair products, skin products, anything else? Like what else? Yes. So believe it or not, our number one seller in the line is Mass Defog. And we introduced that one because, well, you know, I'm a foggy diver and my spit is defective. So we, we made the best Mass Defog in the world in my highly biased opinion. But that's our number one seller. Um, baby shampoo. So people say, really, Defog? I use baby shampoo or use spit. If you can use spit, great. Knock yourself out. You know, try to be conscious of the rest of us in this post-COVID world, but uh, knock yourself out. Mine doesn't work. Baby shampoo 
the ingredients in most baby shampoos are serious aquatic toxins. If you want to watch a tank full of fish die overnight, just throw a little baby shampoo in it. They'll die, right? So if you're an eco-conscious operator, Blue Star, whatever it is you're doing, you're using baby shampoo on the back of the boat, shame on you. We know better. We have better alternatives. Defog's our number one seller. So then we also, it's wild, right? I see the look on your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and now I'm like cringing with all the times that I've used baby shampoo in other areas of the world that they just didn't know. Like the technology, you know, you just don't have that kind of information. And so I guess that would also lead to a question of how do you guys promote your product and awareness for the product and like why it's so necessary? I rely on you, Miles, because I'm a chemist. <laughs> what the heck do I know about marketing? <laughs> no, it's, um, I've been really grateful that people, when they learn, they advocate, you educate. Um, you think about the, the dive instructors in the dive industry. We're the educators for the sea. We're the voice for the ocean. We see it. We love it. There's a lot of water lovers out there in the world, but if you're a diver, you talk about it. It's what we do. And we're trained to instruct. Um, I'm a dive instructor, I'm assuming. As are we, yes. Very good. So so we're trained to teach. And one thing that I found that wasn't part of my business or marketing plan was when I show you the science, when I show you the research behind it, it's a no-brainer. And then you tell your customers and you tell your clients and it just spreads like wildfire. Um, So initially, the dive industry, I didn't think it was going to be the mainstay of our business, but it sure as heck has become it. I, I think and 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 uh, Mike Mike said this before, so you'll you all will hear it later. But um, you know we see it every day. We the as divers we see the reefs changing. We see uh, you know the the impact of of, the, of our decisions about products every day. So um, right. we get a chance to educate our our students about you know how to make these these choices. We absolutely take advantage of that. Um, how did Stream to See start? Where did you get this idea? So again, I've, I've been formulating natural skincare for 25 years now, right? Showing my age on that one. But I had sold my first skincare company. Um, I had grown it, sold it, and what do you do? I now had a little free time and a little free money. I went diving everywhere that I possibly could. So I was diving in Palau, which oh, had Palau. the most spectacular water, healthy reefs, sharks. It was just gorgeous. I and I'm coming Palau. up to my safety stop after I love Palau. Um, we're the national sunscreen of Palau, by the way. Are you Way really? Cool, right? Where, Wait, that's where, a thing? That's a thing. Who I knows? love it's that. A thing. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's way cool. Um, so we're coming up to our safety stop. And as I get closer, I'm like, oh, look, a rainbow. You know? And as I get even closer, I'm like, crap, that is not a rainbow. That's an oil slick. And you come up to the surface, and there's a group of snorkelers there. And literally, it's just this oil slick that's just floating off of them. And I realized that it was from their sunscreen. It was a petroleum oil slick from the products on their bodies. I got back on the boat. I picked up the nearest bottle of sunscreen that I could find, and I read the ingredients. As a natural products cosmetic chemist, I knew there wasn't a health food store in the world that would allow this product on their shelves. And yet here it was in the most pristine, marine, sensitive environment. And a lot of it is going into this water. My heart sunk. And then I look over and here's my dive buddy showering on the back of the deck, right? Pearlescent, fragrant, voluminous suds just running right overboard. Surfactants are ecotoxins. I know this. 
and I'm looking down and imagining Nemo gasping for, you know, for clean, clean water. And by the time I came back from that trip, I had written the business plan for stream to see, I quit my job and I started formulating the product line. It was the first time that I thought about, I mean, I felt horrible. I'd been making these products for so long. And it was the first time that I thought about how the products that I made impacted not just my body or your body, but the environment as well. I had never thought about it. Never crossed my mind. Wow. Um, I mean, having dove in Palau and I, I assume I used your sunscreen when I was there um, because I can't think of what else I would have used. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking back on that trip and, and remembering how amazing it was and, and, and what that experience must have been like for you. So you get home and you start building stream to see what was it like at the beginning and, and what has it been like to watch your company explode like this? It's so cool. We got um, yesterday. We got um, profiled in CNN as one of the uh, we're the number two and the number three recommended mineral sunscreens by CNN's Choice yesterday. A couple of days earlier, I was quoted in Bloomberg as calling an ingredient that's being found in mineral sunscreens as BS because that's what it is. It's BS. It's actually butyloctyl salicylate, but I refer to it as BS because yeah. it shouldn't be in mineral sunscreens. Um, tongue in cheek, but it's a serious issue. We're making waves. We're we're in the news. We're generating attention. They're paying attention. There's so much. Remember the greenwashing that was going on in the '90s, yes. and yeah. early 2000s. Same thing is happening with with reef safe and ocean safe products. I call it blue washing. Um, it's become trendy. So everybody's you know you remove two toxic ingredients and therefore it's now safe. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's blue washing. It's so hard for the consumer to make a good choice. And I've made it my mission to teach consumers. I mean, obviously, use my products. They're safe. They're tested and proven. We have all the science out there. But if you're not going to, I want you to know how to make an educated decision. And even other products, like we don't make a skincare line yet. We have these ingredient to avoid cards. Flip it over. If it's got cyclopentosiloxane in it, don't use it on your body. Please don't put it into my waters. I'm trying to make it easy for consumers to make good choices. It's been a ball. Thank you. It's, it sounds like it's been just sort of a dream for you to wake up every day and do this work. I mean, is, 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 is getting to do it, like just being able to have this platform and being able to have this company that's doing it, is that sort of, is that what gets you up in the morning? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I love our waters, right? Now, Mike, who you're going to talk to, Mike loves people. He loves the humans. I'm like, eh. You know, whatever. Yeah, you can talk to God. No, he's a great guy to talk to. He was very, yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. We're a good balance because I'm like, you know, people are, we're educated. We, we're intelligent. We can figure it out. But good God, don't put that into my water, right? <laughs> and he's talking about the reason why these ingredients are harmful for the reefs are the same reason they're harmful for humans. And it all, it, it's all connected. Um, an endocrine disruptor is, screws up the hormones of the coral the fish, the mice, and the humans for the same reasons we all need to be avoiding them. And uh, yeah, no, it it gets me up every morning. I love it. Um, I made a crazy decision to manufacture all of our products. There's not a lot of manufacturing in the States, in my opinion, and we need more of it. We manufacture everything in our facility. It's FDA registered. Um, We operate under current good manufacturing practices. There's a lot of equipment that we have back here that's very expensive. We have a lot of employees. I have gray hair now and it's a, it's not the easiest thing in the world. So I, I don't know that it was the smartest decision. No, it definitely was the smartest decision. 
but that's there's a lot of frustration and growth pain and things like that that go along with what we're doing. But at the end of the day, we're making a difference. We're making change and people love it. So do I. What was the moment for, what was the moment for you where you felt like, okay, we, we've, we're making it, we're going to do it. We're gonna, we're gonna be good at this. Day one. Really? Day one. Yeah, really. Um, probably the first dive show that we went to, we went to DEMA and, um, I got right out the gate. I was sued by a, by a competitor. And it was, yeah, like I'm stealing their formulas. Like I would want their formulas. You couldn't give me those formulas, but it's just, it's a competitive tactic to keep small businesses. I mean, you're, you're brand new. You're probably underfunded. We'll just sue them and that'll stop their efforts. That was a serious challenge. I mean, it was a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of money at the very start. And all it did was just tick me off and motivate me even more. Um, Yeah. So I have a small specific question. Um, We talked a lot about what's inside the product and what's inside the bottle, but what, what's the formula for your packaging and how do you make sure the packaging is also okay for the environment and it's not going to make a big footprint or impact? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, plastic sucks. Any way you look at it, plastic sucks, right? So what do we have? We started out with sugarcane resin tubes. Everything that we did to start with went in sugarcane resin tubes. Well, this is awesome, right? It's got a negative carbon footprint. It uses the waste from sugar processing. Um, it's it, it's eco-stable. It's good for, it's approved. Yeah, there you go. It's um, FDA compliant, which is an issue with sunscreens because sunscreens are regulated as drugs. So the packaging you use has to actually be FDA approved as well. Mm. As I went further, it is technically a plastic right? It's bioplastic. So it's a zero, it's a negative carbon footprint, but you have to recycle it properly. So I've been transitioning over the last couple of years away from the sugarcane resin tubes to PCR tubes, which is post-consumer recycled. Many of these, um, many of the recycling plants aren't operating properly or to full capacity. A lot of communities don't recycle because there's not a strong enough market for the PCR items. It costs me about twice as much for a recycled tube as it would a virgin tube, which I think is, again, BS, but what the heck, I'm buying them. So we've transitioned over into PCR tubes because it is supporting that circular economy and helping to pull plastics out of the ocean, out of the planet, and give them a second chance at life. Taking that a step further, we've recently sourced FDA-compliant ocean-bound plastic. So that's plastic that's directly coming from coastal communities or the ocean itself that has been reclaimed and reprocessed and put into new packaging. So you'll see all of our new bottles. Those are all OBP, ocean-bound plastic products. Then you sit there and you think about... Yeah, right on. So that one's the PCR. This PCR says right here. Yep. So that one's 100% post-consumer recycled plastic, which a lot of things you'll see like 10%. Well, 10% is better than 0%, but the highest percentage possible. Now I'll tell you the downside to it. That little flip cap on there, PCR isn't as strong. So sometimes that little flip cap breaks. And I know that's the best that I can do because it's 100% recycled plastic. So stick it back in the hole. Don't worry about it being broken. Stick a piece of tape on it if you have to. That's (laughs) fine. I'm like, I'm okay with it. That's the compromise on that side. Now, taking it a step further, what's next? What else can we do? We're always looking to improve our our footprint on that. Our, um, Our sticks and our lip balms, those are made from recycled milk jugs pretty cool. 
I keep trying to find a refillable option. I would, I would love to have refillable products, whether it's the refillable sunscreens, the sticks. The kicker at this point is that you have to be able, it's a custom mold, and I have to be able to buy half a million at a time. We just ain't big enough yet. One of these days when we grow to that, to that level, that's my next goal. I want to be able to do the refillables. Uh, we have a, we're doing a new collaboration with somebody that I can't talk about yet. You'll hear it really soon in a, an infinitely recyclable tin. So we're going to be doing sunscreens in tins with a collaborative partner. And I'm excited about that one too. So we're always thinking about it and then talk about on the processing side, reduction of waste, the water. There's a lot of water used in manufacturing. We're recirculating our water, we're recycling it, repurifying it. And we minimize the waste that goes out the door. Um, all of our cardboard is recycled. Um, we reuse we reuse everything that comes into our factory. If you ever get something with styrofoam in it, I promise you that styrofoam came from a supplier. I chewed them out, but then we continue to reuse it. We're not going to throw anything away. We reuse it. We have a little insert that says, hey, this is uh, recycled materials. We encourage you to do the same thing. Wow. That is, that is awesome. Um, I mean... I'm I'm sitting here literally staring at the little tube of sunscreen that I have <laughs> that I'm packing for my for my dive classes this weekend. Yeah, uh, awesome. just looking at it, going, "Huh, this is all recycled and all safe. Why doesn't yeah. everybody do this?" Um, right? Why not? Why wouldn't you? Why, why you wouldn't, have an option? Why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So you know, I I I love how focused and committed you are to not just the brand and making this stuff, but to make it in the best possible way. Um. I mean, it sounds like from day one, you made a commitment both to yourself and sort of to the planet, right? To be like, hey, I'm, we're going to do this. We're going to do this the right way. And, you know, full speed ahead. Nobody's going to stop us. What would That's you it. say to the next generation of people coming up, you know, leaning on the Women Divers Hall of Fame and, and us, um, you know, how, what would you say to the next generation coming up that, you know, we will confront a lot of these challenges. We will have, you know, someone throwing a lawsuit at us when we try something new or saying you can't do that. What would you say to them, to us, to them? I would say don't give up and don't be quiet. Don't ever think that your individual voice can't make a difference because it's the only thing that does. It's the only thing that does, your voice. Thank you so much, Autumn. That's yeah. inspiring, especially, you know, for young people in general, but also, just like for young women, I think it's always really inspiring because it's not easy to have a voice in the dive industry always as a young woman. It's so male dominated and like older male dominated that it like it's not always easy. So that's really inspiring. I hear you. I, the advice that I would give on that one is if you're in a, if you're in an environment where your voice isn't being heard, get yourself in a different environment. Period. Cool. Well, we're we're hope part of what Miles and I hope to do is is expand the environment so more of those voices can be heard, especially voices right you know like yours that are that are doing so much good for the world. That's um, our I'm honored to be a part of it. Well, yeah. Autumn, are you are you going to be a Dima? I will absolutely. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely see you and and Mike there then. Um, yeah, this, please do come give us a hug, and we'd love we'd love to see you. We absolutely will. And I'm going to need to get some more sunscreen by then. So, yeah, same. Uh, uh, <laughs> I need a lot. I have had some sunburns already this year. So I oh, already... Miles. <laughs> All right. So have you tried our shimmer sunscreen? I haven't yet. Miles I keeps telling is. me to try it. She says I'm not shimmery enough. 
you know, em embrace your inner sparkle. I'm all for it. I was actually <laughs> no, on the Surviving really, Man series. I'm, that's actually probably my next purchase because there's so many like glow bombs and glow serums out there right now, but I'm sure they're terrible for the environment. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely my next purchase. Ours is uh, crushed sand. So it's a really fine particle oh, of sand great. that gives a beautiful shimmer and sparkle to it without any harm to the environment. And it's gorgeous. And the Navy SEAL boys were all wearing it. And they're all <laughs> like, no, look at, look at my skin. I'm, I'm like diamonds. It's gorgeous. That's so it's awesome. not just for the pretty girls. I can't wait to see that. Do, do you have any idea of when it's going to come out? It's it'll be about six months. It'll be on six there. Months. Surviving man. Yeah. All right. So when we so when we get when we get to see you and Dima, you're gonna have to remind everybody when when this is coming out because we definitely are gonna want to. Yeah. I want to see some sparkly Navy Seals. Have some for me, <laughs> right? To see you, Dima. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, thank you both for for having me on, and I really enjoyed the chat. Autumn, thank you so much. I know Miles has to. Um... I know. Right, I'll sorry. Be emailing you, I'll be emailing you about the Women's Dive Hall of Fame and everything. Autumn, Please thank do. you so much for for coming on, and uh, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we're definitely going to uh, definitely going to start getting into some stream to see products here. My pleasure. Thanks so much for helping us get the word out. Thank you. All right, we now welcome on a very special guest. It is Mike Maltair, the executive vice president of Stream Two C, one of our new favorite. Uh, cosmetics brands. Uh, I met Mike at the scuba show in Long Beach and we got to talking and realized that we had to have him on so you guys could all hear uh, how awesome stream to see is and, and some of the work that they're doing and the mission that this company has. So Mike, it's great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been it's been a while since we were at scuba show, but it's great <laughs> to see you again. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, likewise. Good to be so back. Why, don't, why don't you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, good to be back amongst divers when I haven't had time to be able to do that lately, but but I, I'm close. I'm in Orcas Island, beautiful diving up here, a little cold, didn't bring a wetsuit. <laughs> Not gonna sounds, like, sounds like you might need a dry suit, my friend. Yes, it's it's it would warrant that, that's for sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I mean, I'm, I'm in San Diego, we dive, I dive in a dry suit, Miles doesn't because Miles is insane, but... Uh, it's a it's a running it's a running joke that one of us is crazy. We're trying to decide who it is. Thanks, just uh, <laughs> as we've already discussed in other episodes. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Well, Mike, uh, it's great to have you on. Why don't you start? Why don't we start with telling us a little bit about sort of what Stream to See is, how you came to be a part, how you you became to be their executive director. Yeah. Well, or vice president. Stream sorry. to See. I actually owned another company before. And I retired about eight years ago, and one of the biggest failures of my life was staying retired. So I decided that I was going to at least fund my play, and I started a rep company going around to different water sports, you know, paddleboarding, whitewater rafting, diving, surf competitions, all that sort of stuff. And I had a line of paddleboards and floating sunglasses that were really awesome that divers hate because there's nothing for them to look for in the lake when the glasses float. Right. So it, it never went over well in dive shops, but the, the surfers and boaters loved them. But I was looking at um, if we're going to do this, we might as well make this profitable and start an actual rep company. Stream to Sea was uh, looking for a rep in the Pacific Northwest. And I sent them a one paragraph email saying, hey, I, this is what I'm doing. 
And about 10 minutes later, I got a phone call saying, will you be our national sales manager? And I said, no, I don't want to work that hard until I learned really the story of what stream to see was they couldn't get me to commit. And once I got it, there's two main reasons that I ended up doing this full time and actually doing it for six years without any pay. Uh, just recently in the last six months, I've become our lowest paid employee. And it's really because this was such a passion project and it hit so hard for two very personal things to me. The first being that my thyroid stopped working about 25 years ago and it was not in my genetic lineage. It should not have happened. And a doctor out of Canada spent about four weeks going through the whole history of everything that my life had done, interviewing everybody that I've known and all this sort of stuff, trying to figure out what was the trigger for my thyroid to die. And what he came back with after all that time was you're part Hawaiian. And instead of the cool skin color, you got sturdy bones and wide feet. That didn't help you. Right? You swim better, maybe, but it didn't help you when it came to sunscreen. So you put on sunscreen constantly and then you showered constantly. And because you were one of the first generations in your family to actually swim being brought up in Hawaii, you were a water baby and spent all your time there. So he said, body care products are actually what likely killed my thyroid and attacked my endocrine system. That was a huge motivation for me. And then when I learned that stream to see is actually the only brand of mineral sunscreen and body care products on the planet that is tested and proven not to harm humans, freshwater fish, saltwater fish, sea elegans, and coral larvae. And you go, wait a minute. Well, there's so many brands that say reef safe. How can you be the only one that's tested and proven? Well, it turns out there's no regulation for the term. So anybody can use that term. And there's very little ramifications. There's some attorneys out there that are starting to sue people that say it and can't prove it. But there's hundreds, maybe thousands of them that say that, and it's not the case. The second motivation was when I grew up in Hawaii, I went to Hanama Bay weekly because my uncle was a researcher at the University of Hawaii. And he would take us at least three to five times a, a month. When I was a kid, you couldn't walk into the water there without getting run into by fish. There were so many. There were just thousands of them running between the keys and the channels in there between the, the coral. When I took my daughters back about 15 years ago, my oldest, who had been diving with me in Fiji prior, uh, said, Dad, this is one of the most beautiful bays I've ever seen in my life. Why did we bring our mask and snorkel? Because she had been in the water 10 minutes and hadn't seen a fish yet right? Compared to the past where you were running into them, they, they couldn't get out of your way fast enough or vice versa. So it just, I was, I was practically driven to tears and angry. And then when I find that stream to see actually has the fix for that, it's an amazing connection for me. And that's what's driven this passion to date. So since then, obviously stream to see has grown from shampoo to basically all facial and topical cosmetics um you know that's a lot of packaging and, and testing and development and, and marketing of all these different products how how does that work i mean well really the process for us is we find a product that's doing damage and we can't find one that's not then we decide we have to make it and from that point it goes into formulation and testing which 
It just depends on what it is. Autumn's an amazing formulator and now has so much experience under her belt that she can make things really quickly. But from there, it's a matter of manufacturing it, sending it off for testing, and then taking it to market. So for example, um, when I was about to get a salary about two and a half years ago, Autumn said, um, you know, we were at that point, we can actually take a salary. And then she said um, about five days later, hey, do you have any idea what mask defog is made out of? And I went, oh, crud. I don't know if I want to know what mask defog is made out of because I know where this conversation is leading, right? So she said, well, the base of most mask defog is actually baby shampoo. And I've seen dozens of tests on baby shampoo and two drops will kill almost everything in an aquarium, usually within three hours. And it's usually the neurological system. If it doesn't die within the first three hours from neurological problems, it usually dies within two weeks because it stops eating because it's damaged that whole system. Great. We made a mask defog instead of getting salaries, right? So <laughs> that's kind of how yeah, this process... That sounds like Cuba to a T, though. That's the entire industry. <laughs> as soon right. as you get paid, yeah, as soon as you get paid, you're like, well, but do I need to do something else? <laughs> right, right. Should I just spend it all on gear or should yes. I? No, the answer is yes. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that looks really fun. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Well, and that's what it comes down to. For us, there's a number of things that we have on the list that we'd like to create. But at this point, it's a matter of um, we need to sell what we have. And then we do have a couple of things in the pipeline that we're looking at. Um, you know, one of them being a... a, a sunscreen that's in a tin. We have that coming up. So it's just a, you know, rub it on instead of a, a tube. Um, we have uh, the potential in the next year or so to come out with a deodorant because we haven't found a high performance one that's as safe as we'd like it to be. So crazy things like that. Never the intention, just like defog was never the intention to make that, right? This and was supposed just... to be... Do you guys do like a leave-in conditioner? I feel like that's a huge thing for women. It's a leave-in yeah. conditioner before the dive. So it turns out that our leave-in conditioner is actually our number one repurchased item. And it was made by Autumn, who, once again, that rebreather diver with really curly hair. And so it would get stuck in everything, right? And she was having to untangle it and all this sort of stuff. Now, the cool part, your audience can't see, but I really don't have much hair on the top of my head anymore. I mean, I was just reminiscing because I'm at my mom's house and she has a picture of me in high school with a mullet. Wow, do I miss those days when it was actually there. <laughs> that was a really ugly look, but I liked having that much hair. But I don't have that much hair on the top of my head anymore. What I've learned with the leave-in conditioner is you use it before you're going to shave because it softens all the hair on your face. And then when you get out of the salt water, you rub it all over your body, and it's like you just took a shower. It's leave-in. You don't even need fresh water. So it takes all the salt off your body, out of your hair. It's amazing. I actually taught parenting classes for a while, and one of the parents said one of the best things I got out of the parenting class was this leave-in conditioner because the kid can brush their own hair now. You just spray it in, and all the tangles are gone. So that's an amazing product. Absolutely. I, I was yeah. going to, I had that on my list of things. What is your favorite of the products? And I would, I wasn't expecting you to say leave-in no. conditioner. No, that's <laughs> Miles' favorite. That's Miles' favorite. That's not that my favorite. definitely my favorite product. That's one of my first questions I feel like I get with female students is they always want to know, like, 
how do I take care of my hair, my skin, my nails, and like still dive all the time? Yeah. So there's my personal two favorites um, are Hydrate Lip Balm because it turns out mm -hmm. most lip balms are um, cooling. And the way that they cool is usually evaporative cooling. So it actually takes more moisture out of your lips. You get addicted to lip balm. So it was at the point where I was using it two to three times an hour, and I always had to have it on me. And if I was driving away from the house and it wasn't in my pocket, I would freak out and stop at a gas station and pick up another one, right? That's how a quarter of the population, anecdotally, every time I run into people, one in four seems to be addicted to these sort of lip balms. I now don't even carry it in my pocket anymore because all I have to do is in the morning, in the evening, I don't have chapped lips. It, it doesn't have that issue. My next favorite is our brand new everyday mineral sunscreen. And it's because it's the only one that I've found on the planet that actually gets better when it's wet. So it has this wet boost technology. So most sunscreens degrade 30 to 60% when you put them in the water. This one gets 48% better. It's bizarre. Plus for a mineral sunscreen, most of them kind of leave a white sheen. This one doesn't. There's a tint, there's a kids, there's an active, and there's actually even a shimmer. So it makes your skin look like you've got gold on you. It's, it's cool. So, Mike, I, I picked some of that up at Scuba Show, and I wasn't sure about it, right? I'm like, all right, maybe. The one? No, you... Yeah, the, yeah, definitely the Shimmer One, Miles. Definitely not just the normal, I, you know. I fell when we went out the other day. I was like, are you wearing makeup? No, I got some of the everyday stuff, and um, I don't know how it works better in water, you know, after it gets wet. And Mike, I really, I really need you to give me an answer. I don't care if that answer is voodoo, but I need an answer because it's it. You told me that at Scuba Show, and I didn't fully believe you. I mean, it it also, you know, it works really, really well just as sunscreen. Doesn't yeah. smell bad. It it goes on easy. Um, but how does it get better in water? So there's kind of a bizarre deal here, and it was an experiment for us because we've never used zinc. And it's because zinc is slightly water soluble. And as it hits the water and starts to break down, it changes the pH in the water. So literally when you get a shipment of zinc, there's a picture on the side of the truck that shows a dead fish and a dead tree. And you go, why is that considered reef safe, right? If that truck crashes, the hazmat team comes out because it's a huge biohazard. So it's all about dilution at that point, you know, but there's all these tests about how it changes, you know, sea urchins and causes birth defects and all these sort of things. So we've never used it. We found a zinc, eco-safe zinc, that is coated and it doesn't break down. Then the next trick that we did is we got it vapor ionized. So it's like it was a 3D particle and we flattened it. When you flatten it, it gets very big, but it doesn't reflect a bunch of light back. So that's why you don't see it on your skin all that much, right? And then the next step was we made it super hydrophilic. So it pushes the water off of you. So it almost creates a layer of water on top of your skin. And that's what we believe makes it better. We thought it was magic. So we patented I'm going with magic because I didn't yeah. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we patented it because it was the first time the SPF people had ever seen it. When we went to pick up our reports, they had run it five times because they thought their machines were broken. Because they went, there's no way that it got better. And it actually did, right? So the cool about, part about all of our products is they're designed for adventurers. They're designed for people that are divers. They're designed to be used in and out of the water. Because even people tell me all the time, I use biodegradable soap. 
Okay, do you know what biodegradable means in body care products? What well, means it's safe? No, it doesn't. It means that it will break down in 30 days in sewage sludge into its individual parts. It doesn't mean that it's non-toxic. It doesn't mean that it will break down in freshwater and saltwater. And if you're swimming in sewage sludge, we've got a much bigger problem to discuss, right? So I want to protect the areas where I'm swimming, which would be fresh and salt water. Therefore, not only are our products biodegradable, but they're tested to be non-toxic ahead of that, right? And have no problems for the fish. So what's sort of next for stream to see? I know you mentioned a couple of products. Is there one that you're really looking forward to that maybe we can keep an eye out for? Well, I've tested both the the new tin of sunscreen and the um the why can't I think of the term? The deodorant. And both of them are absolutely amazing. And the fact that I got to use them for a very short period of time, I personally am just chomping at the bit to be able to use these things again. It was just so easy, so wonderful to use. I'm really looking forward to those. But to me, really what it comes down to is it has to be a consumer choice. So for us, my biggest push is educating people, right? Is big pharma involved in your body care products, right? Does the FDA actually regulate? The answer is no. The FDA does not regulate body care products. So nobody knows what to do about that. The power that the FDA has is actually to request a voluntary recall. The last time they requested a voluntary recall on sunscreens, a third of the sunscreens had tested positive for a carcinogen. Of those 78 sunscreens, nine came off the market. The rest of them are still for sale and hadn't changed anything, right? The FDA announced that the octocrylene, one of the chemicals after Hawaii banned two chemicals, the chemical companies just shifted to two other chemicals. So the Bloomberg report in December of 2022, 2021, a Bloomberg report ran an article saying that 13,000 products on the market contain octocrylene. And if you put them on the shelf for a couple months, it degrades into benzophenone, which is one of the harshest carcinogens that you can put on the human body. And it's been banned for decades plus, right? The FDA acknowledged, yes, that's true. That's happening. And we're going to give the manufacturers a year to fix that problem. In the meantime, we're all exposed to carcinogens, right? Because it's in all the products that we're using. It's been 17 months. Nothing's happened. No follow-up. So it, ha it hasn't been banned. It hasn't, nobody's getting in trouble. Not at all. Still on the market, right? So to me, it's about the consumer has to understand what's going on. And everybody's really feisty about sunscreens these days. But that's because sunscreens are an over-the-counter drug. Now, it turns out ours doesn't have any drugs in it. But some of those chemical sunscreens actually have drugs in them. It's considered an over-the-counter drug. Therefore, if you have the chemical in the product, it has to be on the label somewhere. In shampoo, conditioner, lotion, all of those sort of things, it does not have to be on the label. You can hide 3,000 chemicals under the term fragrance. So you've heard people say, watch out for synthetic fragrances, but they don't tell you what that means, right? So if it says fragrance and it's not followed by naturally derived from, then it could be one or dozens of those 3,000 chemicals. And you don't know as the consumer.
right? And so for us, when I look at what is the definition of reef safe, what does it really mean, right? To me, it means that a brand has been able to pass the Protect Land and Sea certification, at which point only five brands have actually passed, right? And that just means that they've tested, a third party has gone out, bought their product off a shelf somewhere in a store, tested it to see what this says on the label, is that what's actually in this product or is there other things in there? My understanding is more than 100 brands failed that test. So they're getting cross-contamination in the manufacturing. So that's the next step. You pass Protect Land and Sea certification. You own your own factory and you don't manufacture anything else other than what's in your factory. You control your supply chain so that there's no cross-contaminants in there. And then you actually individually test to make sure that it doesn't harm fish, coral larvae, humans, right? Otherwise, you're just making it up. You're going with what people think is safe. Are, are you seeing that that works? I mean, if you, if you tell people, I mean, you know, it worked on me and it, I, I'm watching it work on Miles right now. Um, are you finding that, you know, this sort of education works, in, you know, making more consumers maybe that aren't as environmentally conscious already, making those consumers more conscious of that choice? They are, and it depends on what their priorities are. Right. So I had an intern that worked for NOAA and NASA at one point. Right. So any ocean experiments that were going on in space, this was the intern that was the go between. And she said, Mike, most people don't understand how important the ocean is for our oxygen and our carbon sequestration. So hit them where it hurts. I used to stop talking about hormones and genitalia and all this sort of stuff until she said, Mike, look this up on Google. The National Hockey League had the cup as a mandatory part of the uniform 100 years before the helmet. So if people are not intelligent enough to know that the ocean is something that we need to stay alive, then let's talk about their junk, right? I hate to say it, but what's happening is our fertility is dropping really fast and our use of erectile dysfunction drugs and in vitro fertilization and all these sort of things is going through the roof. Right now, 25% of every pregnancy is medically assisted. By the year 2050, which for an old guy like me sounds like it's forever from now, but it's 27 years. By the year 2050, Dr. Swan says that 100% of pregnancies will be medically assisted if we stay on this current trajectory. What that says, and here's how you back that up, okay? CBS, NBC, ABC have all been running these news articles about the population aging out. And they're talking about it from an economic standpoint. They're not talking about it from humanity standpoint. So they're worried about their cash flow. I'm worried about the fact that we're going to be functionally extinct by the year 2050 if we don't do something different. Right? And so it's about stemming the tide of petrochemicals. So when you say, are people reacting to it? Yeah, I have a, a friend that I don't know why we're friends. I'm wearing a formal t-shirt right now, which is about as formal as I get, right? I might put on a stream to see polo shirt, but this guy looks like a GQ model. He has surgery every four years to remove breast tissue from his chest. And it turns out that that's very common. There's a lot of this going on. 
So they've checked his food. They've put him on estrogen blockers. They've put him on testosterone boosters, all these sort of things. And every four years, he was continuing to have these surgeries. Well, it turns out he was using about 15 body care products, right? Beauty care products that all contained estrogen. And nobody had looked at it. So he hasn't had a breast surgery in six years because he hasn't had to, right? When people, said, people jump to the most severe solution time. Right. And they don't know to look for the little stuff, right? That we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So the UK just came out with a list of 20 chemicals. I love the way the UK deals with it, right? In the US, they go, might be linked to could cause, in certain instances, the UK just says, these 20 chemicals cause breast cancer. And all of them are either in body care products or cleaning products. Right? And let me guess, the US has not done the same. They don't make statements like that. <laughs> and it's because you're talking about a lot of money. Right? Sure. And so to me, what I always want to look at is where is the money coming from? right? The information that we're being fed, who's paying for it, right? So we keep hearing, you got to have an SPF 50 or higher. Who funds most of the melanoma research? It's the pharmaceutical companies. Who owns the body care companies? The pharmaceutical companies, right? They're all connected and they're all connected to petrochemical companies because these are all the same petrochemical. So in 1954, when they told us that we had to wear sunscreen, the chemical that they used, which is still in use today, was a Monsanto patented herbicide. It blocked the sun from the plant, so it killed the plant. And then some brain surgeon said, what if we put it into plastic? When I was a kid, the dashboards on cars would crack. Now they don't. And it's because they put this Monsanto patented herbicide in there to block the sun, right? And that's why plastic doesn't fade as much. And that's what we use as our sunscreen chemicals as well. Never been shown to be safe for use on humans. But that's not what the FDA does. So how do how would you suggest? And you know, granted, Miles and I are you know we're teaching classes. We are we're talking on on this podcast, and we have a pretty wide and, and diverse audience when we do that. Um, what are what are sort of the key messages that we can take away and you know bring to our audience and bring to our classes about choosing uh, you know the products that we that we put on our skin and and, and into our bodies. Yeah, really what it comes down to, to me is, has the company done testing, right? And to date, the only one that I know of is us, right? I haven't found anybody else in the body care realm that has gone to this extent. And and let me, let me rephrase that. I'm sure that there's a lot of people that have done testing. We're the only ones that has been positive and we're the only ones that are willing to publish it, right? Because I'm guessing everybody else failed. I don't have any proof of that, but, but that would be my guess. Right. So otherwise, everybody else would be saying the same thing. They'd and, be talking about it. They'd be crowing it from the rooftops like you are and, and rightly so. Right. Right. And really what it comes down to for us is there's a lot of marketing dollars going a different direction because nobody wants us getting this information out there. Right. So and, maybe that's a great way to end it. How can we get that information out there? Where can we go? Where can we tell our students and, and our friends to go? Uh, to, to learn more about this? Well, the easiest spot to go would be streamtosee.com. Uh, we have an ingredients to avoid dictionary. We have all the ingredients that we have. We have lots of science. We have lots of blogs. 
um, one of the blogs on a new chemical that came out that I wrote, oh gosh, probably three months ago about a, a new sunscreen chemical that's in the inactive ingredients because the FDA doesn't even acknowledge it yet, that happens to be super toxic and could cause birth defects and all sorts of fun things. Um, the Bloomberg Report found my blog and just did an interview with us recently. Bloomberg Report tends to not care what advertisers think, so that's kind of cool. But it's mostly word of mouth. I don't need customers, right? And then that's a weird statement. I need advocates because if somebody tries a shampoo or a sunscreen or whatever, they go, yeah, cool, it works. But if they don't understand the why, then they're not going to buy it again because they go, oh, the cheap one that I bought at Target smelled nicer. What? You know, I mean, you're willing to change your hormones for that and kill fish or whatever. But if they don't understand, so to me, it's all about education. So send them to me. I'm happy to do a, a PowerPoint, a Zoom call. I'll talk to anybody. But that's really a grassroots effort. And, and the biggest supporter that we have is the dive market because divers watch what's going on in the ocean and they know that it's not right. Right. And so it's very, very quick. Once you take the, the petroleum, you know, chemicals out, how fast the coral comes back and the fish come back. And that was easily seen during COVID, you know, my, oh, my, yeah. Guam, my Guam distributors calling going, you know, there's fish that are breeding in the Harbor. We've never seen it before. Just because there was nobody in the harbor. That's where they naturally would have, you know, in the bay. I'm so, thinking about those pictures from Venice of the, you know, the, the waterways are usually nasty. And for about a year, they were beautifully clean. You could swim in them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and usually you can't. So, yeah, yeah. no, it, it, you know, clearly, clearly taking these chemicals out of, of the stuff we use works. And, uh, you know, we're so excited to, uh, to, to hear from you and to get your message out there. So, um this has been yeah. so great i i'm so excited i want to get off the phone and do some research of my own now yeah well and that's the cool part to me usually you can find something that's good for the environment or it's good for you or it's nice to use and if you can find two out of three that's a score we actually have all three right yep. the products are wonderful to use and they're safe for everything so it's it's just a win all the way around and that's even the way that we do business if it's not a win for us, it's not a win for our customer. And the ultimate profit is the planet. We don't want to play the game, right? So so anybody that you want to send our way, if anybody needs any more information, just go to streamtosee.com. And I'm the only Mike, so it's pretty easy to find me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much again. Yes, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk soon. Sounds great. Thank you. Wow, that was so good. Oh my gosh, I loved interviewing them. Yeah, that those were great interviews. We'll catch up with them again at DEMA in a couple of months and we'll see uh, you know, what's changed, what new products they've bought out. But uh, until then, I'm Jake. I'm Miles. This has been another Surface Interval of Free Descent. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.